You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. So today we have Kevin Chandler, and I got to bump into Kevin at Global Jeans in San Diego while we were down there as I was running from one building to the other to go grab one of his books, hoping that they hadn't broken down and packed up all the books. And I luckily was there and somebody had his book and I turned around and there was Kevin. So I was super excited to get to meet you in person and say hi. It was perfect. Our friend Angela had asked when we got down there, she said, I saw that Kevin Chandler is going to be there and you should go get his book. We made it maybe last minute, but we made it. And I got to visit with you for a little bit and... We are super excited to have you to talk about your book, We Carry Kevin, that we will be reading for our Two Rare Mama Bear Book Club in the month of November. Yay! Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's a lot Yeah. So, Kevin, you grew up in North Carolina, correct? Yes, ma'am. Grew up there and um, then moved further north about five or six years ago. And okay. I've been living on my own since then up there. Yeah. Where are you at now? Uh, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So you're kind of, of Midwestern <laughs> now, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll say that, sure. I'm in <laughs> Iowa. I like Midwestern. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. I like it. I um, I still try to spend part of my winter down south. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you. Trying, trying to avoid some of the snow. Yeah, I don't blame you. So you are uh, also in the neuromuscular world along with our families. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, and as Maddie mentioned, we met you at a rare disease conference. Can you tell us a little bit of background about your affiliation to the rare disease community? Yeah. So um, my sister and I, she's older than me, but we both have uh, spinal muscular atrophy. I mean, we were diagnosed whenever we were were born or a few I guess maybe a year in, and, uh, and around that time that you should start walking without holding on to things. Um, we did not stop holding on to things. And I especially, I'm a type two, my sister is a, like between a type two and three. And so uh, I was falling down a lot more than she was. So, uh, it's kind of funny because my, my family has this big dramatic story about how Connie was diagnosed and the process and all this and then whenever I came along it was just oh same thing I just kind of kept going with life <laughs> but um that's that's been our family the whole time it's just seeing you know uh, we we have this hurdle to to get over and um so let's do it and then to just keep going with life and my parents are really blessed to have some really creative parents who are hard workers and and so yeah we've lived a very full life together and just figuring it out every day as we go awesome i love it are you still nearby your sister or is she back in north carolina 
Uh, she's in North Carolina, and so are my parents. Um, I have a brother out in Memphis as well, so we're starting to spread out a bit. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I grew up with my sister, and it was really, it was cool to have someone who understood like what I was going through physically and, and thereby emotionally. And so with that, I mean, we knew a couple of other families growing up with, with disabilities, but uh, we weren't really part of like a, a community, a support community of folks with disabilities that didn't really come until a few years ago when I started traveling and, and backpacking and started telling my story and, and all, all of that. And so it kind of became that I was part of this uh, bigger communities, bigger circle of people that wanted to hear my story and I wanted to hear theirs. And yeah, it's been a really cool experience. Since sure. So you referenced, you started traveling, which is the basis of We Care Kevin, the book. You also have a nonprofit around it, it sounds, but since we're here to talk about the book, can you kind of tell us where the idea of this trip came from and maybe just dive into what the, your trip was about? Don't give sure. us too much of what the book is about because <laughs> we want to read it and, and, right. and, you know, leave that part for, for the book, but uh, maybe just intro us into that and set the stage for the book. Yeah. Um, so, oh man, how many years ago was it now? Uh, three, <laughs> yeah, uh, three or four years ago, some friends and I decided, uh, well, we had always wanted to go to Europe, but we decided uh, that we were just going to go for it and figure out a way. And uh, the big obstacle was that the things we wanted to do uh, were not going to be wheelchair accessible. So we wanted to uh, hike through the English countryside, we wanted to explore Paris, we wanted to um, climb a, a mountain in the middle of the ocean off the coast of Ireland and yeah none of that was going to be easy for my wheelchair so we ultimately decided to leave my wheelchair behind and uh, these guys we redesigned a backpack and they carried me for three weeks on their backs um, for this experience and uh, it was cool because then we, we followed that up last year with a uh, trip to China doing a similar thing and just the the camaraderie that we experienced the um the community and the the love that we all experienced for each other uh was i think deeper and, and more profound for us than we really expected so that's what the book dives into is our our relationships um as as friends and brothers and kind of developing this bond and then also our uh, experience of interacting with the world in this unique way, seeing how people around us responded and, and what that did within us. Who all went with you on the trip? Oh man, on the first trip we went, who was there? Luke and Jameson were two guys that filmed the trip because we ended up making a documentary afterwards. And then uh, carrying me were Tom, Troyer, Ben DeBall, Robbie Barnes, and Philip Teller. So Tom and Philip, I knew from uh, the music scene in North Carolina. Uh, I'd just been around them a lot over the years before that, all of us playing in different bands. 
Uh, that's how I knew Luke as well. And then Robbie just kind of came along during the planning process and uh, proved to be a, a great asset and uh, a cool friend. And then um, Ben Duval is my roommate in Portland. So like, well, if I'm going to go, I need, I need him with me. So. so I read that during the trip, you kind of went from previous to the trip, you'd always been at the belt buckle level while you were sitting in your wheelchair. And then on the trip, you got to experience what it was like being one head level above everybody else because mm -hmm. you were in the backpack. So did that experience, maybe the, just the dynamic of comparing those two perspectives of the world, did that um, give you greater perspective or did that kind of reframe your thoughts about things or even maybe since help reframe things for you? Yeah, I think it it gave a different perspective. I don't know if it's better or worse, just a, a different one. I will say that I was talking to someone else this week about the, the fact that whenever I get in the backpack and I'm up that high, my concept of space and time kind of get a bit weird because I'm not used to being up that high. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I've been up here 10 minutes and it's been an hour or um, we're, you know, a lot. Oops, we're a lot closer to that door frame than uh, we thought, you know. That's You're ducking. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, so that, that has been kind of interesting, is getting used to just physically the difference of being that high up. Uh, what I compare it to is, uh, if you guys have seen the Iron Giant, it's whenever the little boy climbs into his hand and he raises him up, and he's oh. like, wow, I'm so high. And then the giant starts walking. And it's just overwhelming, like the wind's blowing in his hair, and but the giant's just walking. So uh, it is a completely different perspective. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's better or worse than being on the ground. What I do enjoy is uh, the eye contact that I get to make with people and the connection that that brings. And so, uh, yeah, I do, I do appreciate that, enjoy that. I, uh, it's funny because since I wrote the book, I now have a wheelchair that actually raises up. Mm -hmm. uh, not quite that high, but it does raise up. And so it's been cool to see how the dynamics change in, in relationships of first meeting people, uh, how conversation changes as well. Um, so, but yeah, but it was fun in the backpack being even higher, being actually taller than everyone else. And so if our, if our group got uh, you know, schooled up, they'd be like, Kevin, where, where are people? Yeah. So <laughs> I was the one to point out or to see how long the line was or, or mm. anything like that. Yeah. I thought about your comment the other day. Um, my husband will backpack our daughter, not backpack, piggyback, excuse me, our daughter mm. every now and then. And occasionally when we aren't using her wheelchair, but when she gets tired of walking, can she, she can ambulate about a city block, but then she gets tired. Um, but sometimes she'll say, I don't want to use my wheelchair right now, but yet she does get tired. So then he, he'll bend down and throw her on his back. So this happened the other day and she looked at me and she goes, I'm taller than you right now, mom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was indeed a head above me. Yeah. And it was shortly after I had read this um, in, the, in relation to your book. And I thought that's exactly what she's talking about. She's like, she is yeah. one head level above everyone else when she's used to sitting and being yeah. at everybody else's, but 
belt buckle level. Yeah, you go from being shorter than everyone else to taller than everyone else with like nothing in between, no experience in between. But yeah. uh, that's wow, that's a lot of fun. Um, I think one of my favorite things about being on someone's back is that I am uh, so close to them that our communication is really good. Um, I'm like right by their ear and we can, we can talk and, and make a connection that way. I love having them on the shoulder or if we walk up beside another friend, I can reach over and pat him on the back. Just that making that contact. Uh, it's been really special and, and definitely, I think, lends itself to that that kind of bond of, of brotherhood that we experience. I think that was a big part of it. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about how you got into deciding to share your story in a book and what brought you there and how that journey kind of unfolded? Yeah, uh, so I've been self-publishing. Uh, close to probably 10 years or so and uh, just doing some serious books some really silly books and some that I wish people couldn't get a hold of but <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> out there and and so when we decided to do this trip we knew that we wanted to do a documentary and I was like wow it'd be fun to write something and then I got to sp uh, spend some time with a friend of mine who was actually, I would probably say he's one of my favorite living authors. And he's also an editor of like a bunch of my other favorite authors. And uh, I, I was hanging out with him and he said, you know, if you write, if you write a book about this trip, I'll edit it for you. And I was like, well, then I'm going to write this book. <laughs> so I absolutely had to at that point, um, just to be able to work with him and and at that point, I mean, the, the trip hadn't even happened yet. So there was a question of, is there going to be anything? There was a question that I was asking. I don't think anyone else was, but I was like, is there going to be anything here worth writing? Like, is there going to be a book here that um, people are going to want to read? And the other guys were pretty confident that I, I was skeptical. But uh, as the trip unfolded, I kept the journal and it was really cool to have the experience of keeping a journal that was just today we did this this and this tomorrow, you know tomorrow we're doing this and, and just kind of recording the action and then I got to go back through afterwards and reread the action and, and relive those places and those experiences and uh, and allow myself to delve deep into the emotions of those experiences and then record those and it was just neat to see how around every corner uh of the trip i had experiences with the guys but also had a lot of personal revelation and so i got to share that in the book so turned out there was something to share did you have any apprehension about being vulnerable and sharing your story or is that something that came natural for you? I think that I thought that I was being vulnerable and uh, in the first draft I wrote and I gave it to uh, this guy Pete who was the editor and uh, he, I mean there were sections where he was like, this is a great paragraph, you should write a whole chapter about it. 
Mm. Like, why don't you actually tell me what was going on here rather than just this one phrase or this one paragraph? And uh, so things like uh, originally I wrote like one sentence about how the guys did some training beforehand on how to do my caregiving. And he was like, great, so why don't you give me a few pages on what that looks like, what that caregiving is. Or there were other places similar to that where I mentioned that I, at the end of this day, I, I felt this certain way. And he was like, okay, but tell me why. Delve deeper and, and just forced me to, to think hard and feel deeply and, and then express that as best I could. Um, so I, I would say the final product is uh, vulnerable. I don't know. You guys read it. <laughs> you tell me if it if it came across that way. But um, I I'm really thankful that I I had someone to to draw that out. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy. Although at first I thought it was. <laughs> sure. No, I think that's what people are apprehensive about when they initially think about sharing their story is they're scared of being vulnerable and so yeah. maybe in hearing that you know it wasn't as bad as i thought or i got there eventually that sometimes yeah. that can help to hear someone articulate that and say that out loud yeah yeah and i, I you know it's i would be remiss to say that it was um it was easy. Um, not saying you're suggesting that, but I think anytime that you're sharing your heart, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be tender. Mm -hmm. um, but I think something that helped me was that I wasn't just sitting down and telling you what I thought. I was just sharing my story. And the story naturally brought out vulnerability. Um, and then, of course, having the editor to say, okay, tell me more of that story. Stretch that out. Dig deeper into that experience. Um, I, but I think that helps um, a person be vulnerable is to, to just say, okay, rather than telling you how I feel, let me tell you my experience. And that, that, that shares. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how has life changed since, or has it changed since your first backpacking trip, since writing your book, then you went to China? What does life kind of look like now? Oh my. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day that, um, you know, I, we decided to go on this trip to Europe and it was just going to be a handful of us having a, a fun trip. There wasn't really supposed to be any follow through. And, um, the world started paying attention and asking questions and nothing has really been the same since. <laughs> so um, yeah, just getting the opportunity to uh, travel and speak and share our story has been awesome. I mean, it's more than I could have ever dreamed of starting the nonprofit where we actually get to uh, be part of uh, the experience that other families have, be part of their conversation, um, getting to go to things like local genes, where you get to see people uh, working towards, um, you know, good things, <laughs> and getting to be in the middle of that is really encouraging. Um, not to mention having the book out, having 
the backpack available now through our website um, for distribution. Uh, yeah, all of that. It's just it's just really amazing. But then there's the um, I guess you would say the internal side as well of what that experience has done for me and what the continued experience does. Where uh, I get to see these families and um, and be part of their story and thereby I get to learn from their stories and from their experience. And it's funny because whenever we were leaving for the trip to Europe, the my, my lease had run out at the house I was staying at. And Ben said, well, you know, I've got this house, like we, you can move in, and but your bedroom is upstairs and there's no way to get your chair up there. And we both were like, well, that's fine. We're about to go to Europe for three weeks without my chair. I'm okay not having it in my bedroom. And uh, so things like that where your mindset shifts um, because you have more and more experiences that are uh, outside of the ordinary in your life. Well, if that one worked, well, then maybe this one will work. And this one. Um, so it's cool to see perspective kind of not shift, but just stretch and open up more. I do like that too. I just heard you whisper that. I like I that. Did. that too, Maddie. <laughs> you could have signed it. Perspective stretch. I like that. I like that phrase. Right? I know. Cool. We might be stealing. That's fine. That's <laughs> all you. So uh, when our friend Angela learned that you were at Global Jeans and we were at Global Jeans, we got a text from her, OMG, he is my travel inspiration. <laughs> was the text that we got oh, and that, that's awesome and that we needed to rush over and and find you and so when okay. we learned that you were willing to do this podcast with us it made me think i wonder if he realizes he's an inspiration to others oh so do you realize that you are an inspiration to others that have travel that have a disability and have travel aspirations i i've been i've been really blessed to hear from a lot of people uh, kind of the outcome of hearing our story and uh so yeah i'm really thankful for that that i you know i, I was in vancouver like, i think a year you know two years ago and i got chased down in a walmart parking lot by a lady <laughs> and she was like i've never traveled before but i heard your story online and next year i'm going to israel for the first time and like stuff like that is like wow that's just wild to me and so encouraging so cool uh so yeah i've heard a bit um and i am so happy <laughs> that my friends and i doing something this weird <laughs> can inspire others to, yeah. to have their to have their own adventures and and to live life to the fullest right yeah it's probably a little bit mind-blowing but cool at the same time to, <laughs> yeah to know that you're having that impact yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and it's a good encouragement to continue, you know, to say, okay, then what's next? What what adventure do we have next? What story do we tell next? Uh, where should we go to tell our story? So what's next? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have some ideas, but it'll probably be a few years just because uh, right now we're doing a lot of traveling to speak. Um, and you know we've got the book in the backpack and just getting to be in 
people's living rooms and at their kitchen tables and then speak at like schools and conferences and churches and stuff like that. That's that's our focus right now. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but we've got a few places in mind. We're just deciding which one's next in a, in a few years. So we've talked about India, uh, New Zealand, and uh, parts of South America. Not all at once, just we'll see which one happens next, which door's open. Well, I think it's a good place to be is for the here and now is being in the community and being active and sharing your story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and plan another trip and, and realize that we've missed all of this, all of what's actually around us, because that's our message is, you know, tap into the friendships and the people and the family around you yeah. and uh, foster that and grow in that. Uh, um, doing that, you can redefine accessibility by people helping people. And that kind of goes both ways between people with disabilities and people that don't have disabilities. We can work together and contribute both ways to each other's lives. Um, so if we're, if we're on the road all the time, we may not get to experience that at home. So yeah, trying to do a bit of both and be good stewards of, of what we have going on. So if people want to catch you while you are out speaking, do you have like a schedule on your website that they can look at? Yeah, we have a website, uh, wecarrykevin.com, and there's, um, I actually just updated it yesterday. <laughs> so we've got stuff going on up to January right now. People can check that out. And just FYI, Kevin is K-E-V-A-N. You can actually, the website goes either way. Oh, it redirects. Nice. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on, and we look forward to sharing the We Carry Kevin book with the November Book Club. And we'll cycle back to you when we're all said and done, and we'll be tagging along the way. So if you're curious, check okay. the tag. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Awesome. I'd love to hear what you guys think and talk more about it. Yeah. So if you guys are ready for November Book Club, get your books ready and follow us along on Kevin's journey with his friends across Europe. Till next time, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great, Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.